I can tell you one thing on Brother Caleb, that's for sure. One time, I, just a couple of boys got in a fight, and one of them, he was one of them. And he wasn't at fault at the time. And uh, so I was in there holding him and talking to him. Had hold of his right hand, hand now talking to him. And uh, I said, now, you don't need to be doing this. And he got mad, and, and he hung off with his leather hand and hit that guy while I was standing right there. And I said, now, you're going to make me have to whip you because I was trying to get out of it. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you boys something now. You know, the mind is a wonderful machine. It starts working the minute you're born and never quits till you get up in front of a crowd. <laughs> and when you get up here, you forget a lot of things. <laughs> Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Give me a, I think it's a key of C. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I heard this song a long time ago and I forgot about it. Brother Caleb preached a message here few weeks ago and he mentioned something in it and it made me think about that so I had Brother Donnie look it up for me and I got it and I've tried to sing it twice and messed up both times forgetting it <laughs> I've had my sorrow sorrow and I've walked a narrow road I, left, I know what it feels to have a broken heart and bear a heavy load but I don't regret my journey that I've traveled through this land. Well, I'm gonna leave here shouting when my time comes to go. I'm gonna leave here shouting when I leave for the promised land. If I'm too feeble to praise the Lord, lift up my dying hands. Well, angels may be over on wings as white as snow. Cause I'm gonna leave here shouting when my time comes to go. Don't want nobody weeping. Gonna take my final breath. All the seeds and the grace of God, and the of death. I love Hallelujah. Gonna reach my final goal, but I'm gonna leave here shouting when my time comes to go. I'm gonna leave here shouting when I head to the promised land. If I'm too feeble to praise the Lord, lift up my dying hand and angels bear me over on wings as white as snow. Cause I'm gonna leave here shouting. When my time comes to go, I'm gonna leave here shouting, and I'm bound for the promised land. If I'm too feeble to praise the Lord, I lift up my lying hands, and angels bear me over on wings as white as snow. Cause I'm gonna leave here shouting, when my time comes to go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wanna, I wanna leave here shouting. I'm gonna say this. I'm, Brother Caleb was talking about me having a legacy. And I've got to thinking about this several times. What if one little deal messed up and I'm dying and my legacy's ruined? I said, oh God, don't let my legacy. I'm not proud of myself. Brother Caleb mentioned about me not saying no bad words. I said that and my daughter, my granddaughter said, man, you're proud of that? I said, no, I'm not proud of that. I'm thankful for that. I got it out of my heart a long time ago. I don't have it in my heart. I, I think I said it before. This man told me one day, he said, boy, I had to repent today. I said, what's the matter? He said, well, somebody said something to me, and I popped off some things I shouldn't have said. He said, but I'm repenting. I said, well, that's good. You repent. God will forgive you, but it's not good enough. Get it out of your heart, and you won't say it. What are you going to do tomorrow when he says it? You're going to come back again. You get it out of your heart, and the bad things won't come up because the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh.
Hallelujah. You have to remember this thing. You get your heart right with God. I talked to a man today. Sister Rita Dawson had a little deal she talked one time. Talking about holiness and holiness of your heart. She said, you take a, a coffee cup and you get it wet. And you put it in that sugar, all the sugar. And you sit up there and let it dry. And there's sugar in, on all over the inside and out. So you take that cup and turn it upside down. And you put it under the faucet. And it'll wash all the sugar off the outside. But the inside's still dirty. But if you take that cup and turn it over. And run that water on the inside. And run over and, run, and wash it all out. And run on the outside and wash the outside off. If you get the inside clean, it'll take the outside clean. <laughs> if you get the inside holy, the outside will be holy. They told me, at your age, pretty soon you'll be crossing over Jordan. I said, no, sir. What happened to Israel when they passed Jordan? What was the first thing they had to do? They had to fight sin. They had to fight uh, false doctrine, uh, adultery, I mean, uh, uh, idolatry. They had to fight those things. But that was, and they had to fight all the way through. That was their promised land. And they had to fight all the way through there, always taking over something. But that was their promised land. But God made me a promise. He gave me a promised land. He said, in this promised land, there's no more fighting, no more sin, no more no sickness, no sickness, no sorrow, no sadness. I don't have to be disappointed. I've got, a, I got an appointment, a, a, a promised land over there that's so much better than that one is. And that's what I'm looking for. I don't worry about crossing over Jordan. I want to make a difference with God. I want to be there. When I want to meet him and have all this trouble with no trouble in my heart. No more, no train wrecks. No have to worry about no, somebody making you mad. I talked to a simple, time, simple man the other day, and he said, uh, man said, boy, I wanted to say something, but I tried to keep my mouth shut. I said, what did Jesus do? When they accused him, what did he do? He uttered not a word. But you know what? It's in here too, real bad. I had to fight it myself all the time. Somebody said, I want to, I want to set them right. I want to have the last word. But Jesus didn't. And I started, started working on that. When I was a young man, I was the smallest guy in high school. 16 years old, I was, on, I was only 4 foot 11, weighed 79 pounds at 16 years old. I got in a fight almost every day because they make fun of me. But, but I tell you what I could do, I could hit them and run. I could run, outrun them. <laughs> I could go over a fence faster than anybody you ever seen. But you know what? After I got the Holy Ghost, after I got the Holy Ghost, they pop off to me. But you know what? It wasn't worth fighting over. It's not worth fighting over. And then I think of that scripture that I used it quite a bit. Second Peter 3 and 4. Or 2 and 4. He says, we're made partakers of the divine nature. And not, not going the way of sin. We're to make the divine nature. What's the divine nature? That's the nature of God. We change our nature. Our nature has to change. We can't act like we used to act. I couldn't get mad every time somebody said something about me being small. Show you one example. I had to learn it hard. I lived in Phoenix, Arizona, went to church with a bunch of boys, had good friends. And, uh, but I moved over 
to Hatchet, New Mexico for, a, for one year. And uh, when I went to school there, I joined the FFA. And they, I got a jacket, had FFA jacket, had Hatch written on the back of it. And when I got back home, I went back home because I couldn't go to church very good. So I went back home to church. And uh, my buddy's brother, my buddy, best buddy's brother, he started calling me Hatch. He said, hey, Hatch, what did you have a Hatch for? Trying to make fun of me. I got to him. I said, I was afraid you going to come see me. They want you there. But I'd be walking downtown, and somebody hollered, hey, Hatch, because of that name there. You know, we've got the name of being Christians. When you walk downtown, they know you're a Christian or not. A lot of it's the way you act. I've got a scripture here I've been thinking of. Brother Samson read this scripture a long time ago. Get that for me, brother. Philippians 2 and 12. He read that, and I got to thinking about this, and I've thought about it several times. Maybe I haven't really got to preach it like I wanted to, but I, I'm going to hit a little bit tonight. I'm not very long-winded. I get, you know, they tell them, there's three things that happen to you when you get old. You tell you get old. Number one is loss of memory. I don't remember the other two. <laughs> and I, when I go sit down, I'll remember all the things I was going to say, and I, kept, I, I forget them. Go ahead, brother, read that. Philippians 2.14, 3.14, I'm sorry, 3.14. I press toward the mark. No. Philippians 12, I'm sorry. See, I, I told you I forget. <laughs> 3 and 12. That's it. I had attained it. Were perfect, I wasn't perfect. But I follow after. That I may apprehend. Something I'm apprehending for Christ Jesus. What he's saying is, if I can get a hold of what's got a hold of me. If I can just get a hold of God like God's got a hold of me. It makes a lot of difference. If you get a hold of God, it makes you all want to do those things. God's trying to get a hold of us. If you let him get a hold of you and you get a hold of God like that, no wonder he said, I'm trying to get a hold of God like he's got a hold of me. That's the reason I've had the Holy Ghost for 65 years. God got a hold of me. And I kept trying to fight on to it, hang on to it all the time. Hallelujah. I, wanted, I didn't want to. God got a hold of me. Something got a hold of me. They tried to get me to do a lot of things. One time, I almost quit. almost backslid. almost committed a sin, big sin. They handed me a cigarette. And I was a bunch of boys and they was all smoking and laughing and cutting up. And I took that thing. And I looked at that. And I said, I can't do that. And I threw it down. I can't stand that. Because it, I can't, it's not in here. God got a hold of me. I said, that wasn't right. And I, a, lot of, a lot of time people come and do things. And um, I, was, I joke around a lot. I tell a lot of jokes and stuff and joke with people. And we was all at a restaurant, a bunch of us, my brothers and me, and and uh, I'd cut up with the later, laughing, joking, cutting them. And she stopped and told me a dirty joke. And 
I just didn't, I didn't laugh. I didn't, they laughed at it. I didn't grin. I didn't look at They said, what's the matter there? My brother said, he's a preacher. He don't talk like that. I can't laugh at your jokes like that because something got a hold of me in here. Won't let me do those kind of things. I'm trying to get a hold of what's got a hold of me. I want to get a hold of this thing because God has me good. If I can hold on to him as hard as he can hold on to me, then I will make it all right. If I can get a hold of what's got a hold of me. Something about it, when I got the Holy Ghost, I didn't get in big fights all the time for being teased about being small. I was, I've always been hot-tempered, and I was pop up a lot of times. When I could, should you keep quiet? Then I get condemned over it. I got in trouble several times for not being able to keep your mouth shut. But nobody say nothing wrong. But I proved them wrong. I had to prove them wrong. But when they started doing the other thing, I said, I can't do that. They tried to get me to go some places. I said, I don't go those places. See, and I've thought many a time about Brother Caleb when he's working them real, them real rig, rigs, putting them up there. They said, there's something different about you. He said, you never cuss. He said, I'll even give you my whole paycheck if you cuss one time. But he said, something got a hold of me. I can't do that. I just can't sin like that. Why? Because something's got a hold of me. Or something on the inside won't let me do that stuff. What are, we, what are we after? What are we trying to get a hold of? We're trying to get a hold of the worldly possessions and make it do make good. Trying to get a hold of some fame, make, make, a big, make a big basketball player, a football player to get a good big name. I was praying tonight, in there tonight. I said, Lord, let me say something that helps anybody. But I said, it just dawned on me. I said, Lord, not for my glory. That help somebody say, walk, walk with you. I don't care if they even think, think I've done anything good or not. If I, what I say will make you realize that you could be lost if you're not watching. See how that train wreck, 28 days in ICU unit. And I don't mean just to be bringing this all up all the time, but I'm, I'm bringing a point across But they were going to operate on my arm after the third, the third week. They said, you've got to do something with your arm. They started to operate on it twice. And my vitals were dropped enough, and they couldn't do it. So finally, they got to, he said, I thought you were, just going to, you were going to die, so I just kind of straightened it up. But you know what? Out of all that, I never said no bad words. I don't remember even thinking no bad thoughts. Because I, I guess I wouldn't. I don't remember nothing about it. I was 28 days in the ICU unit. And I don't remember none of that. I had two weeks at Freeman Hospital and two weeks at Fayetteville. I don't remember none of it. Until I got to Muskogee. And a preacher come by there and I talked to him. And we talked about several things. He's talking about living for God just right. I told him, I said, if I wasn't living for God, I wouldn't be here today. 
And I, I made this statement, and I try to keep it this way. When somebody's real sick and in the hospital, I try to go see them if I, if I can. I make every effort to do it. Because I was on, down, down there in Muskogee, and uh, Brother Samson come by, and my son come by. But you, know, you expect my pastor to come by, and you expect my son. But Sister Sherry Long and Miranda come by to see me one day, and little Jaden was with them. And you know how what that made me feel. It made me feel so much better. What are we doing? Have we got a hold of God? What got a hold of us? What's got a hold of us? We want to be a big basketball player, a baseball player, or we'll have a lot of money. We will show our clothes off. It'd be a shame if God got a hold of us, trying to get a hold of us, and we don't try to get a hold of God. But if we can get a hold of God and get God's spirit in us, it makes a difference in us. See, now I'm looking forward to that, that promised land. And I want to leave here shouting. I told Sister Stacy, she was, I was her sing that song on my, on, my, on my funeral. I'm not trying to drive that yet, but, but believe me, I don't want to die just yet, but I want that song sung. Because I want to leave here shouting. I want to leave here with joy in my heart. And I want to be a joy to somebody else. I want to be a proof to somebody else that God will. What's our goal in life? My goal in life is try to keep somebody in church, try to win somebody else. I would really say that Caleb was talking about me a while ago, and several people have said something. A man come to me just a few days ago. He was from a long ways off, and he told me, he said, I think about you every day. Because you still live for God. What if I mess up? What if I mess up just one time? I could cause him to be lost. And I don't want to do that. I'm going to tell you something about this church right here. I'm real proud of this man right here. Very proud. We had to leave the other church over some stuff. He didn't know what he was going to do yet, but he kept getting calls. Where are we going to go to church? Where are we going to go to church? And he made the statement. He said, if I don't go to start a church somewhere, these people are going to be lost. So he started in his garage. Brother Samson, meant a lot to me, brother. means a lot. Look at this building we have here now because God's with us. But he had a burden. If I don't do something, they're going to be lost. And I have to think the same thing. I've had the Holy Ghost 65 years, almost 66 years. And if I mess up now, I could cause somebody else to be lost. I was a brother that called last weekend. And there was a man come in there and his daughter. And he used to be a preacher. Actually, several years ago, had a daughter, and uh, Sunday morning they got to praying, and she prayed through the Holy Ghost, 
and he prayed real hard, and he was even speaking in tongues. But I got up to preach, and I said, let me tell you something, brother. You're praying for your wife to come back, and I understand that. I said, I had the same problem. I understand that. But I said, he, he might bring her back, but if you don't bring her back, you still got to live for God. You got to put God first. I said, if you don't go for God, she sure ain't going to come back. And then that girl right there might be lost. And that little boy might be lost. Because they're going to look at you. What are we going for? What are we getting a hold of? We got to get a hold of what's got a hold of me. If you just get a hold of what? Got a hold of us. Somebody said it's pride. Yeah, I guess it is. I kind of, I'm proud of this church. But mostly I'm thankful. Not so much the pride. I'm just thankful for this church. Thankful my pastor. And my sister pastor. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to brag on Brother Caleb now. After, after my wreck, Brother Caleb has been the best friend I've ever had. He's been stood by me when my own family wouldn't stand by me. And he's helped me so many times since this. And I appreciate it a bunch, Elder. And Sister Stacy, they're jewels. We couldn't ask for better ones. We couldn't ask for better assistant pastors. I'm going to say this about Brother Caleb, too. He reminds me so much of Brother Danny Call. Brother, Brother Danny Call, he just will not be quiet. If somebody gets up, and he's going to preach when he gets through. Well, Brother Caleb, when somebody gets through with something, he's going to get up and say something. <laughs> he can't wait till I get through right now. I think I handed Brother, I think I handed Brother Samson instead. <laughs> but if we can just get a hold of what's got a hold of us, it'll make a difference in our life. Let me tell you this story. When I was in New Mexico, Carlsbad, New Mexico, I had a business going, a spraying acoustic ceilings and things and drywall business. And we, me and my brother was called over to a house to look at, she wanted the house sprayed. My brother had a crick in his neck that night. He walked, over, he walked in there like that, and I was talking, and she said, what's the matter? He said, well, I got a crick in my neck. He said, you lay on the couch, get your shoes off, kick it up there. While your brother looks at this, I'll work on that. She said, I work for a nerve doctor. And all the nerves end at the bottom of your feet. And he started, she started working on his feet like that. And pretty soon he jerked, whew. So that's the nervous piece in your neck. She worked a little bit, pretty soon he was going this way. My father-in-law was a hot-tempered guy. He got mad over nothing. He was bipolar. He'd get mad. He'd come in from dinner, from church, and dinner wasn't ready in 30 minutes. He'd get mad and start throwing things. When he was about 45 years old, he had a little heart attack. And that doctor told him, said, let me tell you something, sir. If you walk a mile a day, a calm walk, a mile a day, you won't have another heart attack. So he started in. He liked to, he used to buy, somebody have a car for sale, he'd go look at it, buy the old cars and fix them up and resell them. And he'd, he got him a stick to keep the dogs off, and he started walking to go look at them. He'd done that for two years. And in two years, he never threw a pit, not one pit. He walked for over two years. He just walked calm and walked. And they sold out and had to move to, Carl, to uh, Roswell, New Mexico. 
and he didn't know the way around. He quit walking. Within a month, he was throwing fits again. And you know, I got to thinking about that. If we'll walk with God every day, a calm walk with God, not try to run, not try to walk too fast, just a calm walk with God, you'll never backslide. You walk with God every day, you won't backslide. You got to think, this is God. How's God going to do this? I've got to walk with God every day. You'll never backslide. I fall on walk because it worked those nerves on the bottom of his feet. He's just walking, casual walk. If we walk with God every day, we won't get offended every little thing. We won't start finding fault with every little thing. We won't get all nervous about everything. Just walk with God every day. If you walk with God every day, simple walk, you'll never backslide. I pray every day. How do you think I lived for God 65 years? Because I learned to pray. I sang that song the other night about Avenue of Prayer. I have to learn to walk that Avenue of Prayer. I don't get down and, and like my mother did, my mother used to pray four or five hours, two or three hours a day, you know, real loud. I don't do that, but I'm on my, I'm got my, got on my mind all the time. I'm praying a little bit. Because I gotta pray every day. If I don't, thoughts get in here. Well, thoughts get in here, and I have to rebuke them. I want to tell you something. Thought getting up here is not the wrong. It's when you let it get down in here, when you start thinking about it all the time. You know, I'm kind of rambling, but I'm just, they think coming to my mind. Adam and Eve, when Eve was in the garden, the Lord said, don't you eat that fruit. But then I said, look at it, look good. And she looked at it. And she kept looking at it until it looked good. And they were going to try to tempt you like that. And he said, Long, and as much as you look at it, pretty soon it'll look good to you. Don't look at those kind of things. Don't look at the sinful things. Just quit looking at them. Look at God. Live for God every day. Don't be looking done. He said, one man said, don't even look at it. If you keep looking at something, it's going to look good to you. But you leave it alone. And walk with God every day. Brother Caleb. Oh, don't look 